This is a special one, folks. Tom scored an interview with Dan Zare of the well-known podcast Coffee with Kenobi, as well as his co-host on CWK Pour Over, Corey Club. Actually, it was pretty easy because we teach with Dan, and Corey has been in our Dungeons & Dragons groups and been friends with Tom for years. But anyway, pretty exciting to have these guys on. So uh, without further ado, we'll get right into the interview. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media and leave a review on the podcast. We'd really appreciate it. Joining me in the dungeon are two very special guests to talk about their characters in the campaign as the Tieflings Jacks. First, I'd like to introduce the host of Coffee with Kenobi, co-host of CWK Pour Over, and author of the Star Wars book, the Star Wars Character Encyclopedia, among many other titles, Dan Zare. Welcome, Dan. Well, hello, Mr. Tom Gross. Uh, Dan Reem, we are missing you, my friend, but it is quite an honor to be on Teachers in the Dungeon. You've got education, you've got Dungeons and Dragons. What could possibly be better? Well, I don't know. Not much, except for, this is one thing that could make it better, is our other guest tonight. Of course, our other guest is the co-creator of and longtime co-host of Coffee with Kenobi, co-host on CWK Pour Over. Actually, all three of us are the mm. co-guests, co-hosts. Oh, you look familiar. <laughs> of uh, CWK Pour Over. Sorry, a little inside joke there. Um, he's also the designer of the Tieflings Jacks campaign shirt, as well as you would be very familiar with the Teachers in the Dungeon logo, all made by this gentleman, Mr. Corey Club. Oh, hey, Corey, watch your head while stepping down into the room. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us in the dungeon. Corey, how you doing? Well, hold on. Let me, let me roll for that one. Hold on. <laughs> no, it's great to be here. I'm excited to, to talk Dungeons and Dragons, and I'm excited to talk more about uh, our escapades as, as friends and amigos. So very good stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's been a long time since we've been together to talk about a little D&D. So I want to start by talking about your characters in the Tieflings Jacks. Now, Dan, Zedai goes way back to the very original when we first created this group way back, I don't know, mm. five, six years ago. And I DM'd us through the Sunless Citadel, and then Chris led us through, and now I'm forgetting the name of the second module, and, and then I finished that one off. And I think it was soon after that, or maybe it was still a little while after that, then Corey, you came in on the group with Civ. So Dan, let's start with you. Tell us a little bit about Zedi, class, race, and then what was the inspiration for Zedi when you created him? Right. That, this was the first legitimate character I ever created for a Dungeons & Dragons campaign. I think I was in and out of the library countless times. Uh, asking you questions and things like that because you know I, I had to go through the entire thing. Wait, hey, what what is a paladin? What does that mean? Da, da, da. You know, you kind of have an idea, but you, but how is it termed in fifth edition concepts and mm -hmm. standards? So I, I was always drawn towards the epic hero type of character, and I and I really really like Captain America a lot. But I didn't want him to be Captain America, but I wanted him to have that kind of never give up, loyal, fierce attitude. But 
the paladin adds an extra layer of spirituality and nobility. Because I think I said to you, hey, I really want to use magic, but I really like swords. He goes, well, why don't you be a paladin? And then you can heal. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. So I read up on it. sounded great. And I like the half elf idea because there's a mystical quality about that. So then what I did was I got out my computer and I opened up a Google Doc and I just let my imagination go wild. And I just dreamed up this backstory. And I would say, and I know your listeners know this very well, or, or maybe they haven't considered really, but if you really want to have a great time role playing and feel like you've got some room to contribute to the story, then write a really detailed backstory because it does make all the difference yes. in the world. So I had so much fun with that. And then at the end, I still didn't have a name. I like I just put like XXYY or something every time there was a proper noun option. And then I thought, what am I going to do? And then for, out of the blue, I don't even know what connected it. I thought, well, I love Jedis because I'm a big Star Wars guy. And I think my last name is unique because it starts with a Z. And I don't know a lot of people with the last name of a Z. And I thought, how about Zedi? Part there, part Jedi. And it just and it just sort of felt perfect. In fact, so much so in my backstory, I had him encounter this gold dragon. I named the gold dragon Kenobian because of Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. uh, and then and then it just kind of and then it just kind of grew from there and i when i played him i tried to make him as kind of a combination between the kind of the bravado of thor but but very much tempered with the nobility and the bravery and the heroism of captain america and that was kind of how i tried to funnel him as i played him very cool and i was I, as you were talking i was remembering how we we all read our backstories Mm-hmm. And shared those. And <laughs> that was so long ago. That was so cool. But I do remember that. And I think you were you kind of got that started and saying, you know, are we going to read these? Are you? <laughs> I was like, that's a great idea. I never really had thought about that before. I know as the DM, I always like to get the character backstory. So I know some motivation and might even like try to draw some story out of someone's backstory. But I'd never like thought about sharing those. Like it's, it's almost like the characters are sitting around the campfire. And just sharing mm-hmm. some of their, you know, of, of of who they are as they're just sort of wasting away a night, healing, resting, doing whatever. So very cool. And well, I, then always, I was also I a thought, folk hero too. So I thought maybe, I think that was yes. part of the inspiration. Like if he's a folk hero, it's possible somebody might have heard something. Hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Zedai was the perfect name. I, 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 anytime I hear it, I think of you right away. Because not only does it sound like something you would create, but it is, it is you, like you said, it's Zare and Jedi all together. And what a better, what a better class for a Jedi-like character than a paladin, spiritual, a warrior, etc. Very cool. So Corey. Mm-hmm. We brought you in somewhere in the middle of the adventure. I I I have to be honest with you, I don't even remember <laughs> where we were. When, because honestly, About I felt six, like you've been six there. Six playing sessions in, maybe six, four to six playing sessions in. It was fairly early as Sean, because I remember telling him it was fun and I wanted him to play. Yeah. Well, Corey, do you remember? Did, was I DMing or was Dan? I believe it was Dan, and I think he had just started DMing at that point. Uh, That's okay. probably true. So he was, he okay. was, I know he's, you know, getting your opinion on a lot of things as he was kind of building the story mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. So I remember that being new. Right. So, yeah. So tell us about Civ. What What's his class, race, and uh, your inspiration for Civ as you were creating him? Yeah, it's interesting. I was thinking about this kind of prepping for this show, and I was thinking, like, 
you know, Dungeons Dragons, you know, having been brought in as a newer player, how do you play Dungeons Dragons? I didn't even know. I, I've heard mm-hmm. of it. And it's, there was kind of like a, I don't know, there's kind of like this aura around it. Like, oh, it was like, like growing up, I had heard of it, but never really dipped my toe in the pool. And so I was like, how do I even play it? Is it a board game? Is it a, is it, you know, do you tell a story? What is it? And it's kind of both, right? It's kind of like you're acting in these characters. And, and I got thinking through, you know, what, what would this be like? And I remember as a kid, you know, being in my backyard and, you know, playing imaginary worlds and, and dreaming up things and being superheroes and such. And this was very akin to that. And I said, well, what would I want to be in like this kind of medieval, you know, place? Uh, and there was like, like Dan mentioned, it's the fact you've got a whole book of, of catalog of choices to make. And I'm a big fan of like building characters and making choices and, and really you could really do anything you want. But like you mentioned, a lot goes around their story and how they came to be and why they're here, what's their motivations. And I just start writing things up and thinking through things. Uh, so Siv Renwick, the name, I'll start with the name. It's funny, the name Renwick is actually, it was a street I passed while driving to Chicago one time. And it kind of stuck with me. <laughs> I was like, oh, that kind of sounds like otherworldly, Renwick. I don't know, it sounds very, I don't know, dramatic and whatnot, but he's a half-elf. A warlock, and then the first part of the name Siv S I V. I want something that was like real tongue easily. Something you could like, hmm. you know, shout to someone or or you know you know say say softly. So I didn't want some big long name uh, that would seem hmm. like it would be a, a, a lot to, to chew on. I want something that was quick and, and and kind of you know easy to say. So that's how I came up with that name. And as far as his backstory goes, I wanted somebody who. Well, being a warlock, they would have a background that would bound to an otherworldly being. And I thought, well, he had to have made a choice to do this. So where did he come from? And I thought about, okay, well, he maybe he had a family and, and something happened to them. And he, he makes this bond with this, this, this entity to gain this power and, and, you know, move on from there. And there's got to be some through line, right? There's got to be some reasoning for that. So I dreamed up the fact that he maybe was part of this rich, richer family and he had squandered his, his riches early in life and, and decided to come back to his home and re- reunite with his family. And in doing so, they've been attacked and basically, in order to save his own life, he makes this deal with uh, this otherworldly demon. Uh, the it was the the Raven Queen, and became this hexblade warlock, and had this ring he put on that his father had given him upon his return. Very similar to biblical storylines, but I want to play around that idea of like he's kind of broken and kind of confused. And honestly, I pick up the broken, confused part because I don't know how to play the game. I wanted to just kind of fumble through it a little bit. So uh, I wanted to make Smart. sure that I know, you know, knew what I was doing. And, and if I had made a wrong turn or did something wrong, like, oh, I'm just in character, right? So a good uh, <laughs> good reason to not know what's going on. So it was fun to, to play with him because I, and I was just excited to get in this world and, and pick uh, all these kind of choices. But picking a warlock, I picked that because it sounded cool. I was like, oh, it's like, that just sounds cool. I can, I can do magical things. But having been played that for a while, it's like, this is hard. Mag- being, picking a magical character was hard because I felt mm-hmm. like I didn't know how necessarily how to cast spells or how to do cantrips and, and whatnot. And so as you know, we got to go, there's a group. It was good to learn all that from you guys were giving me tips and such. So as I went on, I really got to, this is the, the character. We play a lot with our characters, but this is the character I've really grown the most drawn to just because of had, he's been around for so long and 
many adventures with you guys. What a great description of, and there's some things there that I was like, man, I, I'm not sure I knew some of that. You might not, when some of that we might played. be, uh, yeah, like tucked away. I, I wish yeah. I would have known that he had a last name. <laughs> 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 what a great name and what a great story behind that. You know, it's been interesting listening to both of you talk about the, the development of your characters. I, I sense this. And of course, we're all great friends and we record a lot and talk about things a lot. So I sense this in both of you. Dan, yours, your creation of Zedi is very storytelling to me. You had a, mm. a focus of character in a story and you built it from that to what Zedi became. And Corey, you work so much in design. And everything, every piece has a connection and something that goes to it. It was really cool hearing both of you share that because I can I sense your backgrounds in your builds of your characters. And that that is so cool. I, I appreciate that in both of you. And the the cool thing is, no matter what direction we bring a character from, whatever the inspiration is, before you know it, there they are and they're playing in the same game, even though they came from different type of ideas and, and things like that. So that that is super cool. I wanted to ask you guys, this is a little un- off script here, but as we were talking, I- I'm wondering, Dan, what is your draw to Dungeons and Dragons? What makes Dungeons and Dragons enjoyable to you? It's something that I, you know, growing up, I was always drawn to because I like science fiction. I like fantasy. I love dragons. I like, you know, sword play and adventures. And when we grew up, people always said they knew how to play, but I don't, now that I've played it, I know that no one actually did. We would just kind of make things up, and then you look at the dice. And when you're when you're younger, no one has really read the manual, which we probably should have done. You don't really know what all the dice are for. But I bought the DN, the Dungeon Master's Handbook. I bought the Fiend Folio. I bought the Monster Manual. I, I bought the Dragonlance and the Dragonlance books. I read the Dragonlance novels. And I just, I just loved everything TSR. I, I, if anything, I played the, the Marvel superheroes TSR role playing game quite a bit more. But I just think it, I, I just like the idea of the adventure and how you can kind of create the story, and the not knowing about it. That was what initially drew me to it. And you know, in Tolkien, of course, J. John mm-hmm. Ronald Rule Tolkien. Of course, he brought me to that with the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, and and I just wanted to know more. Whenever there were video games that were Dungeons and Dragons. They always, I always found it disappointing or a letdown because it just didn't feel like what I imagined the role playing to be. And if not for you coming to our school, I still would never know how to play. Mm. One thing I always appreciate about you, Dan, is you always throw something at me that I'm is totally unexpected. I don't know that I know anybody else who can just roll off the full name of J.R.R. Tolkien <laughs> just like you did. I mean, that just it was like your best friends. Like like you yeah. you just got off the phone with him, and now you're <laughs> talking to. Him. Yeah, it was a one way conversation, but uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> that was great, Corey. How about you? What what is it that, that is fun or exciting about playing Dungeons and Dragons to you? You know, it's it's kind of an escape, right? So it's you've made this character who is doesn't really exist, but when you sit down at this table and the mood strikes, uh, usually there's music playing or something like that, you do kind of fit into a character. You you came you know, the other world, you know, your day job kind of melts away, your your personal stuff kind of melts away, and you're kind of engrossed in this world, and you kind of dive back into the adventure, and you think, okay, 
where do we leave off? What's happening next? What's, what are our motives moving forward? And that was a way just to, again, just to escape a little bit and not, not, in a, not in a way that I want to get away from something just to have enjoyment, like you, a good book or possibly seeing a movie, just a way to relax and enjoy. And again, figure out the mystery, figure out the adventure, uh, what I can and can't do in the story. As a newer player, I, I found myself trying to stick to the rules, quote the rules, right? And, oh, I probably can't do that. I probably can't do this. And as it went on, I thought, I, I can really do anything I want. You know, the DM will stop me where I need to stop. But, you know, in the sense of what my character do. And I I really kind of learned that later in, in built, you know, drawing those out and through the adventures was the fact that, you know, I can become this character and live in his kind of quote shoes, if you will, say that uh, pursuing something that's not necessarily that I would do as Corey Club, but as Siv Remick would do. And that was a, a completely different way of thinking, making choices. Again, you know, do I feel like I'm have a mean streak tonight and I want to burn someone alive? Or do I want to, you know, feel like I want to have some fun and try something unique? A lot of that stuff was kind of playing in that world and it drove me to that. And, and like I said, Abel will sit down and usually we'd play outside and, and have like torches going and stuff and fires burning. And it felt really like you were in the moment. So playing for me was just really part of being an escape and having fun. So I, cause what I described before was only like before I met you guys, but if I, but what appeals to me now about it is, is 100% the storytelling aspect that you mentioned. And, not only are you telling a story of the, your character, but you're modifying it constantly to meet the needs and uh, sort of the dynamic of the party itself, followed very closely by the camaraderie of being with your people and, you know, <laughs> having some snacks together. And, hey, yeah. is Marcus going to make ice cream or what What kind of yummy treats is Dan Ream going to have waiting for us? And <laughs> what kind of beer is everybody? You know what yeah. I mean? Just... That, just, that was just a that was just a really fun time, and you just play for what's what's for hours and hours, and it just kind of takes you away, and you get really wrapped up in this fantasy that's it feels like a temporary reality. Well, now that we have laid the foundation, it's about time to start sharing some stories. I can't wait to hear what your highlights are of Zedai and Siv going in with the Tieflings Jack. So we'll get to that right after this break. This is Teachers in the Dungeon. And we're back on Teachers in the Dungeon. I'm Tom Gross. I'm visiting with Dan Zare and Corey Club, two members of the Tieflings Jacks as Zedi and Siv. So let's start talking some stories. I, I, I have a list here <laughs> of some memorable stories of Zedi and Siv that I hear what you guys have to say. What are? Let's talk about a couple of your favorite moments. Corey, let's start with you. Sure. Yeah, I I, I put a couple down that might be correct or miscorrect <laughs> if I can remember correctly. But there was uh, at one point we as a group were trying to get into a, a citadel or a, a cathedral or a castle or something. And there was a wall around mm-hmm. this building and we couldn't go through the main gates because it was being guarded. But, you know, as we'd explored kind of around a little more, there was a wall, and as we followed that, there was a giant hole in this wall. If you if you know, catch where I'm going. Yes, this was in the city of Biratel. Okay. Oh, thank you. And as we edged our way around this this wall, this hole, I think it was my turn to 
venture through the hole, go through the hole, or find you know another way around over the wall or something. And I, I decided to venture right through the hole. I think being Civ, being kind of loose and fast and <laughs> taking a chance, I believe I got tangled into a web or something. The fact that I, I lured a giant spider towards our party. And it kind of went crazy from there. I believe that we tried to fight it off, or at least somebody, somebody like ran away around the other way or something. And that's what I remember. But definitely not a good thing to go through the wall and have a giant spider come attack us. This was a very memorable battle for me because <laughs> it was kind of an ongoing, like from one pe- one trouble to another trouble to another. Mm-hmm. Like it was a constant, like. One to the next to the next. And yes, I remember you got up there and the web was there. And I remember you walking by it and you like it it twanged or something. Uh-huh. Something of yours caught on it or something. And it just vibrated. <laughs> and we know from like our experiences as kids looking at those giant spider webs, when you when you flick it, out yep. comes, you know, the old creature thinking it's caught a nice juicy meal. Well, when you walk through it, Indeed, it had a juicy meal that was just <laughs> it was just gonna have to fight for. And you're right. I don't know, Dan, if you have memories of this battle as well, but I, I remember there was the wall there that you're talking about, and there was like mm-hmm. a heap or something on the other side that we needed to get into before the, all the drow woke up. That's right. And we had kind of split up, and I remember Borum had shapeshifted into a spider because we knew we were dealing with spiders. So he shapeshifted right. into a spider and he had gone around the other side and gone up and over the wall. Mm-hmm. and then paused while you guys dealt on that side. Dan, do you recall where you were in this situation where Siv twanged the uh, web? I f- Was this the one where we had like some people going with us and one of them was like a big Zedi fanboy and then like some spider came from underneath this like grassy... Um, no, that's that was the trapdoor. In- that was the trapdoor spider and that's that oh. is one of mine actually. So this was okay. in in a city... This was in a city we were trying to get across over a wall to get into the like the courtyard of the keep that we needed to raid. But yeah, it was it was a hot mess of a battle. What I was gonna say was <laughs> I remember when the when when you hit that web, because Dan was the DM. And too bad he's not here to share this part of the story <laughs> because I remember him look when you did that, his eyes went right down to whatever's behind the uh the DM's screen. screen. Uh-huh. And he said, Well. Well, a spider comes charging out at you. Well, and I remember like the whole group, like kind of like like crooking their necks towards me going like, really? Like, you're going to be that guy? And that's how I played a little bit like, okay, this this greenhorn, this guy doesn't know what's going on. You don't go through spider webs. You just don't do it. Lo and behold, I think a DM was more excited than, than everybody else. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I remember him <laughs> describing the spider and it was black with red on it. And we were like, oh boy, here we go. And I wasn't even over there to assist. Not that not that I was going to change much as a, you know, shape shifting into the spider. But nonetheless, yes, a, a good moment of a sieve. And actually, that is a banner battle for you because uh, one of my highlights, we're going to go to you, Dan, but one of my highlights comes from that battle. We'll talk about it a little bit later. Dan, what's a memorable... A memorable Zedi highlight? For Zed. Yeah, I, I've got a couple. And just hearing you guys talk about the last one kind of prompted a couple of ideas. Um, this isn't memorable, but it's the first one that kind of came up. Uh, it was the first day we were ever playing, and I really didn't really know what the heck I was doing. 
And I don't remember the exact circumstances, but I believe that Chris's character of Rick's pushed me into this like little hole and some rat or mouse bit me and I was and I took damage. I'm like, wait, what? What is going on here? That was the very first time we played. Yeah. We were in the Sunless Citadel. We were we came out of the village and we got to the Citadel and you guys had if you recall, there was like a, a long climb down to this platform that was originally like a tower of the Citadel, but the Citadel had sunk. If you're not familiar with the adventure, the, this Citadel sinks into the ground and sits there for years and years and years. And then you guys come along and you're asked to go there to look for somebody. That was your adventure was to someone in the village said, my son and his uh, cousin or something, somebody is is lost and they suspected that they had gone to that area. So you guys are down in that. And, and this was your very first, like, eh, it wasn't a battle, but it was your very first like encounter with what do we do? Are there traps? Are there doors? There's a door over there. And you were heading to the door, but something had given you the notion that maybe you should stop and like check the area. And you're right. Rick's walked up behind you. Rick's played by Chris Metz. I think he said something along the lines of just go to the door. And he shoved <laughs> you and there was a, a, a false floor trap and you fell down into the trap. And yes, it, it was a one, two punch because the trap ha- or the, the bottom of the pit had spikes, but also down there. So he took damage from that. And then the rat or I, I don't even, you're right. I don't remember. It was some sort of a rodent bit yeah. you mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure. Did you go on? I mean, your first level. So no, you know, fall like that onto spikes uh, is enough. You yeah. didn't. Okay. I don't know. I just remember I really it was a little know. dire because, yeah, it, it was kind of a dire situation, but very memorable because it kind of set up how this party was going to roll. <laughs> it was kind of. I mean, we all worked together, but at the same time, it had a sense of like kind of. Each man for himself. Keep an eye on your back, I guess, is, yeah. is what I, the way I put it. Especially when you're playing with the, the devious Chris Metz, I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Chris is, a, I'm Chris is a, a master of Dungeons & Dragons, whether he's a DM or not. He's a, he's a genius. He's an excellent player as well as DM. And yeah, Chris has been on the show many times, so people are aware of Chris's <laughs> sort of Yes, devious nature, um, especially that of Rick's <laughs> Maddie. Corey, do you have another one? I've got one written down here. You can remember, help me remember it. Uh, again, as being a warlock, I had a, multiple different like spells I could do and and what. And I was like, every time, this is what I would do as a player. Every time we got finished a session, I kind of leveled up or we got kind of the next level. I'd go, okay, I got time to go and basically you know, look up spells or get a new spell or something. So I go look one up and find one. But one, I, as I started getting some of these, I got one that's called uh, Burning Hands. And uh, you Burning kind hands. of did like a triangle with your thumbs touching and your fingers out. And it did this cone-shaped flame. And sometimes it worked really great. Sometimes it worked really poorly. One time it worked really great was we were being chased up these stairs. I think it was by a horde of ogres or something maybe i don't remember but they were coming up the stairs and i thought this is a great opportunity to use my new ability to burning hands and i just pointed at them and just lit them up and i remember rick's character speaking of chris uh freaked out because he hated fire and that was kind of like <laughs> our, our back and forth was don't use fire because 
that was the inside joke. And having used that ability, burning hands, to just rip through their enemies was really a fun moment for me. Yeah, that that was a cool one. I don't remember that specifically, but I remember I remember that that great interplay between you and Chris as players, but then your characters playing off the no fire and and <laughs> I never felt like Civ really gave a rip. Nope, he didn't give a rip. No, not at all. So that was yeah, that was cool. I always enjoyed that. And and again, we t- we've talked about Chris a few t- mentioned him a couple times. One thing Rick's is spot on with is is playing in character. And so he never missed a beat when you would when you would light a fire or use your burning hands or any other type of spell that involved fire. Rick's always would freak out and uh-huh. and get mad or or frustrated or whatever it was. Well, that seems like a pretty good place to pause for today, but believe me, there's a lot more to hear from Tom's interview with Dan Zare and Corey Club. You don't want to miss it, so make sure you tune in again next week. And as always, thank you so much for your support. Check us out on social media, Teachers in the Dungeon on Instagram and Facebook, and at Dungeon Teachers on Twitter. Connect with us, tell us what you think about the show, things that you'd like us to cover in the future, or just saying hi, that's nice too. So thanks for your support, and we will catch you next week in the dungeon. That wraps up today's session, so thank you for listening to Teachers in the Dungeon. We appreciate you and your feedback. Until the next time we see you in the dungeon, we hope you roll high on those saving throws. If you enjoyed the show and want to hear what happens in the adventure, subscribe to the podcast. Have questions, thoughts, or ideas? Check the show notes for our website, and our contact information. This podcast is not affiliated or endorsed by Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, or any other third-party Dungeons & Dragons entity. Teachers in the Dungeon is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds and any other related items are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders in the U.S. or abroad. The official Dungeons & Dragons website can be found at www.dnd.wizards.com.